Hi everyone, welcome back to another episode of Louisiana Ladies. My name is Melissa Torito and I am the creator and host of this podcast. I am joined each episode by two fabulous ladies. First, we have Lainey Edelman, our outstanding self-taught podcast producer, and I'm also joined by Kate Cook, our very enthusiastic unpaid co-host. All right, guys, we are back with another episode of Louisiana Ladies, and this is uh, Melissa here today. I was not here for last week. She's back. <laughs> uh, we don't have our other co-hosts, so we've been tag teaming. Uh, our schedules have been kind of kind of crazy, so Kate is not with us today. Uh, we are recording this on Zoom just to let everyone know, but we do have a lovely guest, Leah Frederick. Hi, Leah. Hi, guys. And Leah is with Stork, and I can't wait to hear about all the services that you guys uh, provide. So we really appreciate you being here. Yeah, um, I'm happy to be here with y'all. Yeah, I always start off with the most basics of basic questions, and that is, where are you from? I am from Baton Rouge, born and raised. So I, I was there until I got engaged in 2012. Okay. And you yeah. now, and this, you've relocated to Austin, correct? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So okay. now I've been in Austin ever since. Um, but my roots are in Baton Rouge. I go back home all the time. So I feel, I still call Baton Rouge home. So we'll say like, we're going home, you know, and they're like, isn't home Austin? I'm like, oh no, it's Baton Rouge. <laughs> it's always home for me. So yeah. yeah. I've only been to Austin maybe once or twice. You've been there, right? Yeah. Now. My brother lives in Austin. So I try to go oh. at least once a year, but it's a pretty easy trip from Baton Rouge. Yeah. If you have a connection in Austin, it's fun. It's a fun place to go and visit. Yeah, so. it really is fun. I think I went, I went for like a conference or a mini conference and then we went to some bar and they played eighties music and it was super fun. So yeah, I can't beat that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Leah, let's kind of talk. So did you go to LSU? Like, I went to um, our late, I went to Southeastern and then okay. when I transferred over to um, our lady, the lake at the time, I think they changed their name to Franciscan ministries or, or whatever. Um, but that's where I went to nursing school. Um, and then I actually got into LSU for grad school. And then um, I went to orientation and everything. And then my husband proposed and he was like, and I move into Austin. <laughs> So I ended up starting Stork soon after that, and I never did go to LSU or back to college. So, okay. So (laughs) you graduated in nursing and I I do not know anything about how those, um, I'm going to say credentials, because that's what we say in our CPA world, but so you're a registered nurse. Are you an RN? Okay. Yes. Yes. Um, And so you started Stork. Mm-hmm. There's be, give us some background information. Yeah. So like, where did it okay. come from? And then I want to talk about all the stuff that you guys do. Sure. Well, I've always been super passionate about pregnancy and babies since I was a little kid. Um, even like at the grocery store, I would like get lost and follow around all the pregnant ladies. And my mom would be like, I just have to find the pregnant women. And that's where my daughter is going to be. And so I went to nursing school specifically knowing I wanted to take care of babies and moms. And so right after I graduated, I was super lucky enough to get a position at Auctioner in Mother Baby. So I worked in Mother Baby um, at Auctioner starting out. And then um, I was doing a ton of nights and really kind of wanted to transition to more of like a daytime position. So I worked in um, 
I did some pediatric work at pediatric cardiology in Baton Rouge. So I got like the office experience and the hospital experience. And then um, soon after working um, for pediatric cardiology, that's when um, my husband proposed and we moved to Austin. And so after moving to Austin, I wanted to get back into mother baby because that's just where my heart really was. Um, And so I worked mother baby for think like two years in the hospital here. And, in, and then I left the hospital and started working for a birthing center. And I was the nurse that did all the in-home visits. So after you have your baby, you go home shortly after that. Um, and so I was the one that would come within 24-ish hours, um, 24 to 36 hours and do their full assessment, check on baby and mom. Um, but the problem working in the hospital was that like all my patients, I mean, I would say 75% would say, can you just come home with me? Um, And I was just like, no, I can't. And one day I was like, wait a minute. Yeah, I could come home with you. I could totally do that. Um, And so that's kind of when the idea of stork kind of emerged. And I was was like, "Mm, I'm going to go home with these families and I'm going to help them transition. They're so anxious leaving the hospital. They're a lot of these new moms don't feel confident, don't know, they don't feel like they know what they're doing. And as a nurse, I wasn't really able to give them all the education that they needed to prepare them for going home. Um, And so that's why I started education um, prenatally to be able to do that um, privately in in clients' homes at first so that they could get that one-on-one attention. And then I would go in their home as a doula and support them through the night, help them learn about feedings and what's normal and their emotions and, you know, all the things that go down. Um, if y'all have kids and you remember the stuff, um, that comes up, you know, when you get home from after having a baby and well, so, yeah. uh, Lainey and I do not have children. Not. So, oh, okay. It's like a great, I'm episode. sure you've heard about it all. Well, we, oh, oh, we, I have, I have heard. Yes. No, but this is a great episode for me because I'm like, okay, I'm gonna have to, I got a lot of questions about this yeah. that I want to dig into. So, yeah. okay. So when you said, when you said you were working in mother baby, is that like, I feel like, you know, some hospitals, your labor and delivery is mother baby after the delivery, or is that you have patients and you're watching them like, I don't know, kind of walking. So mother baby, um, every hospital is a little bit different, but I would go. So in Louisiana, I would wait until the babies after birth, about four hours later, they would come to me. And then I would, I would have them on the postpartum floor. They were out of labor and delivery. They didn't need to be in transition or anything over there. Um, and then in Austin, I would actually attend the, like the end of deliveries or right after baby was born, they would call me and say, baby was just born. And the labor and delivery nurses were like, and I don't know what to do with babies. So, you know, I do the, I do the, the mm-hmm. laboring part. And so I would show up and, and basically do everything from that moment, right after baby was born. Um, and then bring them over to, to the nursery or to mom's postpartum room. Yeah. Okay. So mm-hmm. you're taking care of the baby and the mom, or are you specifically yeah. taking care of the mom when she has the baby in her room? <laughs> so I'm taking care of, so the mom and the baby are both my patients. So I'm okay. technically two patients. The baby is one and the mom is one. So every time I'm doing assessments on the mom, I'm doing assessments on the baby. If something's going on with the baby, 
I'm taking care of baby and something's going on with mom. I'm taking care of mom in Baton Rouge. They actually don't have a nursery. Um, it's baby basically stays in mom's room. And then in Austin, they did. Yeah. They had a nursery there, but yeah. In Baton Rouge at auctioner, it's just, um, it's called mother baby. Cause you're taking care of the mom and the baby, but it it's not, they don't have like a nursery where you bring babies and do all their assessments there and then bring them all back to the mom. You do everything in the room with the mom, which I really like. Although I know some moms are like, I need a break. Can you bring the baby to the nursery? And we'd be like, we don't have one. Well, <laughs> didn't there used to be a nursery? I mean, I feel like when I was younger, we would go see babies in the nursery. Not an doctor, but at Woman's. That's where you okay. would have gone. Okay. And Woman's, yeah, yeah, they do. So. Okay. Yeah, I'd probably be that mom. I'd be like, um, I need to sleep because I'm not going to sleep for the rest of my life, please. <laughs> exactly. Like, I want to bond and snuggle. And then, you know, and everybody's so different. And, and I don't judge any mom because you know, it's a big transition and whatever you need to do is what you need to do. You know? Okay. So you, you did that and you got experience with that. And it sounds like it's definitely a passion of yours. And so then you started Stork and Stork, but, but you mentioned a doula and I've always been like very fascinated by this doula concept clear. I mean, I'm never going to experience it, but still it's fascinating. So I guess just like when you first started Stork, what, what were the main services you were providing at that point? And then what has it kind of evolved into? Yeah. So when I first started Stork, I was mainly focused on doula work and lactation. So I, I was just had so much experience with lactation um, as a nurse helping moms with you know, breastfeeding. So what I did early on, like back in 2013 or 14, I think I went and got my certified lactation counselor certification so that I could have more, you know, basically recognition, although I knew a lot of the stuff. Um, and so that's where we started with, it was just lactation and then birth and postpartum support. Um, and, and we also did classes. So I would teach newborn prep and CPR. And, um, I, soon hired somebody to teach like childbirth education. So that's what we started with. So those, but those classes were while they were in, um, I'm going to say prenatal. God, I hope that's right. But yes, while they prenatal. were pregnant. Okay. So, yes. okay. And so that's kind of preparing for birth. And then you guys, I would assume, um, when you said that people wanted to take you home is because yeah, they were probably a little nervous. Like my dad always joked, that, and I, I know you're focusing on the mom, but my dad said like the day I was born was the most nervous day of his life because he was like, I have to take this breathing thing home and take yeah. care of it. I don't really know exactly. Even though we have human instinct, he's like, I don't know exactly what I'm doing. Yeah. So, well, so the cool, yeah, the cool thing about doulas is that we support the dad too. Okay. So that's the cool part. So like in birth, we're support we're you would think that we're just supporting the mom, but we're all, we're actually also supporting the dad so that he can help mom. And then once you bring baby home, a doula supports the whole family. So they're not just like a night nanny that just takes care of the baby. They're like making sure dad's doing okay. Do you want to talk about the birth? Do you want to learn some soothing techniques cuz you don't know what you're doing, you know? Um do you want to wear baby? Like whatever. You know, we're that so we really do help the, the nervous dads too, which is really fun. I love that part. Is the doula, the part of the role, the doula you do, you're there during labor, right? Mm -hmm. About this. And yes. to most people, the reason why they hire a doula is so that they can maybe give birth in their home and not a hospital or 
Just yeah. curious. I love that you're asking me this because I it's so interesting the different um so I had a, a client in Baton Rouge reach out to me yesterday and she was like, so like a doula, you know, so like you're gonna basically be like in my home if I give birth. And like she basically thought I would like we would be wearing like beads and like real earthy skirts and you know, all of that. And um, no, I think maybe like years and years and years ago, maybe when doulas were kind of getting their reputation started and everything, Uh they, they probably did more of the natural birthing, like in homes, but nowadays um, there are a lot less people having home births. And we do like 95% in the hospital. Okay. Um, And then in the birth center, we really rarely ever do a home birth. And I think that's just because the midwives are there with you the whole time. And what else are they going to be doing while you're in labor? You know, they're what's the difference between a doula and a midwife? So a midwife is actually um, a midwife actually has um, a master's degree and they're clinical. Like they're, they're kind of like on the same level as like a nurse practitioner. Okay. And so they have to have the knowledge to actually deliver a baby. If there's trauma, they have, they're the ones that are like doing everything with mom and baby if, if it's needed. Whereas a doula is just providing emotional and physical support. Um, so keeping mom comfortable, like, you know, lots of massage and pressure and, you know, reminding her of her affirmations, like you've got this and, and all of that, you know, um, that's what a doula is there for. Do you ever get yelled at? Do you ever get yelled at? Like I would be an angry flavoring person. (laughs) Do you ever get yelled at? You think that, but, um, it's funny. Usually the like real quiet ones are like kind of mean. And then, uh, and then the ones that are like, kind of like, you know, like me, like I'm real talkative and like, I can set a boundary and everything. And like, I'm definitely more quiet and like needing to focus. Um, but yeah, I, I think maybe like once ever, but it was just, it wasn't like yelling, like they do, like maybe with their husbands sometimes, but I always tell them like, I'm not going to take anything personally. You can call me anything you want. You can say whatever you want. I think in my, in my last birth, I told my midwife, I think I was like, I hate you. Like, I was just like, I hate you so much. Um, but I don't really, you just say things, you know? So, but yeah, I have been, I think I have been once. Okay. I just, I don't know, you know, maybe it's just because I've seen TV shows. I haven't experienced it myself. I always used to joke with my husband, like, even though we weren't going to have kids, I'm like, if we did, I would be mad at you the entire time. This is partly your fault. Um, So the reason why I was asking about the home is because I do not know this person at all. It's somebody I follow on Instagram, but she, she went to, it wasn't her home. It was like an actual birthing center, but they sent her home like her back to her house four hours after birth. Yeah, that's what I did too. I had all of mine in a birth center. Okay. And that's how the birth center of Baton Rouge is too. You can go home after four hours. And so. Is that scary? For me, it wasn't because I'm a nurse. So it, for me, it was like, I know what to do if, you know, things go wonky or whatever. Um, and I've seen so many, and like I said, I worked in the birth center and so it's not, things go, things go weird a lot less than they go well. You know what I mean? They, they don't always get 
get crazy. So um, I wasn't that nervous, but yeah, I, I have clients that do. And that's where our postpartum doulas, we actually um, like kind of partner with the birth center in Baton Rouge, where if you're kind of nervous about going home after four hours, usually they give you up to 12 hours. But if you want to go home early, then you can hire a postpartum doula, like one of us in Baton Rouge, we're almost all registered nurses and nurse practitioners. So okay. have somebody that you can hire to come stay in your home with you, you know, all day, all night, day and night until you kind of feel like you're, you've gotten the swing of things. And so that's, that's what our role is as a postpartum doula. Yeah. So, yeah. Cause I mean, I just like, again, I'm like, okay, so you go home after four hours. So then like, if you just back up time, like five hours before that, you didn't have a baby and then you have a baby. And then now you're going home with this teeny tiny baby. Not that like two days would make a difference in the hospital. I don't know, just mentally. I yeah. was like, oh my gosh. Like, I, and then like all the things that uh, I have heard that your body goes through after you give birth. I mean, it's a lot. Right. They used to do it back, back in the day. Right. In like a field. <laughs> right. So, I mean, but yeah, I think that's why the, the doulas have such an important role in helping that transition to be less anxiety ridden, you know, and like in, in more of like a, a time to remember and less anxious and, you know, because we're there, we're just, we're there. We're like, it's like, oh, we're here, you know, we're here to help you if you're confused about breastfeeding, because we're all trained in it. If you want to bottle feed, we can help teach you about that. You know, we're if you want to sleep tonight, you can sleep tonight. You know, we can do whatever it is to make that beautiful, you know, that transition as beautiful as possible. So, and about how long do you guys, or I guess it, it does it just depend on how long you guys, I'm going to say stick around, but how long yeah. after the birth and the mom and dad go home, do you, you know, mm -hmm. do they want you? Like, I, I would probably be like, um, you're never leaving. I'm sorry. Like you're going <laughs> to, you're going to watch well, the child till he's 18. <laughs> yeah. Every, every family's so different. You know, I would say the majority of the time it's a, it's at least six weeks. We okay. do have people sometimes that are like maybe feeling like they're getting some postpartum depression or anxiety and they really just need that relief, um, which I'm super passionate about. And so we'll just set you whatever you need. If you need us to just come for a night so you can get a, get some solid sleep and kind of get your head clear a little bit. We'll do that. Um, most families do six weeks. We have some, we have a client right now. I think we're going on past 12 weeks. Usually it's about 12 weeks now around 16 weeks. There's like a big, um, regression sleep wise. And so a lot of times families will like call us back and be like, would y'all just come back and help me get baby kind of out of this regression, help them, you know, help basically help them get sleep. So we do do that. But yeah, I would say most families do at least six weeks, eight weeks, often, sometimes longer, you know? Yeah. Uh, and, and then they like, they want to keep us, they want to keep the doulas. And I've had multiple families ask if they can just have them like as their nanny. And so that's how we got into doing customized nanny searches. Yeah. So I noticed that on here. So kind of tell me, so somebody, you know, they, they have a, a need or an interest in that. And so as opposed to them, I guess going on, I don't know. I feel like there's a website you can go on. I don't know what it's called, like. Nanny's not really. Like, I was going to say Craigslist, but I don't know about that. So, not I Craigslist. No, I thought there was like a specific like website you could search for a nanny, you know, like care.com. Yeah. <laughs> that mm -hmm. one. Okay. 
So yeah. <laughs> I guess it, that you guys do the searching and like the background checking and, yep. you know, the credential checking and all of that kind of stuff. And then, then maybe send the nanny to an interview with your client. Exactly. Okay. Yep. That's okay. what we do. We do the background checks, all the interviewing. Um, we do social media scanning, kind of see what's going on on their social media pages. Um, and then, yeah, we we basically are matchmakers and recruiters combined together. So if you think of a matchmaker, like finding you your partner and a recruiter, finding somebody to like work for a company, mm-hmm. we're finding somebody to work as an employee for a family and we're matchmakers because we get to know the intimate details of a family, their criteria, their personality, their lifestyle. And we also get to know all the nannies and kind of what they're looking for too. Cause we really want the nanny to be happy and the family. And that's what makes a good match. And that's what keeps people around for a long time. And so our searches are usually they usually take three to four weeks, but we ask for six weeks. So because it's an actual, you know, you wouldn't want somebody to find you your partner for life um, or even a long-term boyfriend in like a few days, you know, if they went searching, you want somebody to take their time and really, really look. And so that's what we do. And we do, it's all customized based on the needs of the family. Okay. And do some of these nannies live with the families? Um, Not in Baton Rouge. Okay. Yeah. Not in Baton Rouge In other locations. Yes. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, um, you also, you guys also, um, you kind of alluded to this, but, um, you said that lately I've also been getting a lot of requests or been doing a lot of lactation consultations. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I do feel like, so, you know, I'm not completely ignorant to all of this. I do have five nephews. So I've seen my sister and my sister-in-law, you know, um, clearly didn't go through it, but struggle a little bit on the breastfeeding. And I feel like, um, you know, if I were to put myself in that particular, in those shoes, and, and I do feel like as women, one of the most frustrating things is whenever like something is not working out like it's supposed to be, especially like with our bodies. So it's like, you know, we have, we've kind of talked about this a little bit on the podcast, just, um, you know, women that struggle with infertility and there's such an emotional toll because it's like, why? Like, I, I mean, if I was that, I'd be like, this is what my, I, I this is what my body's supposed to do. Especially I've had countless friends that, they go to the doctor and the doctors are like, or they go to a fertility specialist and they're like, well, we can't necessarily like pinpoint exactly what's going on. So that's like emotional, stressful, frustrating, distracting. And so I kind of feel like it's the same thing. You know, you've been, you've given birth and now the baby will not latch on or you're not producing the milk that you need to be producing, you know, all of these things. So, you know, when it comes to a lactation consultation, I'm assuming you guys are kind of looking at some of the history and the health of the mom. I mean, I guess just like y'all, I'm I'm, I'm assuming a lot of it is calming someone down, honestly, probably. Well, it's funny. It's funny that you say that because um, you really hit the nail on the head because breastfeeding, when a mom is struggling, it is a it is a like grieving process. It's like, you thought it was going to be this romantic thing and just this bond. And it was just going to feel right. And 
Um, so a lot of times when moms call us for the first time, a lot of times they're just in tears. Like, I don't even know if I can do this anymore. Like, I don't even know, do I need you to come or am I just going to give up or, you know? And so um, we, we do, we go to their homes, we can go in their homes or we have a clinic space in my sister's office and um, we get their history. We really want to know about the birth because if baby was in a funny position, a lot of times that's why they're fussy at the breast on one side. You know, it's like the, they'll do fine on this side. And then on this side, they're just screaming and crying. And so that history is so important. I'm very impressed that you knew that. Um, and yeah, getting to know the history, getting to know, um, you know, exactly what's going on. Like, is it perceived that you think baby's not getting enough? So we bring a scale and we do a pre and post feed to mm -hmm. make sure like this is exactly you know, to the 10th of an ounce, like how much baby got at the breast. And a lot of times that gives mom so much, you know, hope that, you know, she's doing everything right. Because sometimes it's that she has an oversupply and she actually thought that something else was going on, mm -hmm. um, that maybe she didn't have enough milk. And it's like, no, you have a lot of milk. Baby's crying because he's getting too much too fast, you know, mm -hmm. or, um, but yeah, we, we do an oral assessment. We check baby's mouth to see if there's anything anatomical going on in there. Uh, we ask mom about her breast history. Has her breasts changed during her pregnancy at all? Um, because there's factors um, in, in her own genetics that could affect breastfeeding for sure. Um, you know, emotions, you know, where is she at emotionally? Is she feeling extremely stressed? And all those factors um, play into how that experience is going to look. And that's something that we can help with even just coming and holding their hand and breathing with them. And then they're let they're they're let down. There it is. It's like, see, you know, sometimes maybe you had a fight with your husband. I don't know. And you're just stressed out and you had a baby and you didn't sleep. And, you know, your partner just doesn't get it. I don't know. And sometimes just having somebody there and you're like, you know, helps on the way or we're here and you're okay. Um, all of a sudden every it's like, we'll go to a visit and be like, everything's great. You know, um, it's just needing to remind them that, you know, your body is created to do this and it's okay to ask for help, you know, and yeah. you're not failing, you're not failing. You know, I'm a lactation specialist. My business partner, um, in Austin is a um, board certified lactation consultant. And I mean, she called me crying many times and she's a board certified, you know, it's just, we all struggle. Well, that's because we're women and everything yeah. is supposed to work out exactly like how we imagine. And we are yes. supposed to be able to control every situation. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's so good to come in and be like, you know, just save these moms from themselves. Like you probably like just probably the second somebody from you or your team walks into the door, it's, they're probably just instantly relieved. It's kind of like when you are having something going on and you go to the doctor and this, do the doctor tells you way more than what Google can tell you, by the way, yes. just don't go yes. down. A, I just right. went down a Google rabbit hole and something. And my doctor's do like, don't do that ever again, Melissa. Yeah. And I'm like, so, I mean, I just like, just like this kind of gives me the warm and fuzzies just because it's, there is such a need for it. You know, when you think about like after, and I mean, I would assume again, you know, when somebody's on their like second or third or, or you know, have had, had multiple children, they, they, you kind of know maybe what to expect a little bit more, but I just don't know. Um, like we had, um, well, I, I don't know if we talked about how Maggie had her baby. Oh, yes. So Maggie, Maggie was our co-host for a while and actually oh, worked at the firm and she just had her first and cute 
cutest little I, I do want to go ahead and put it out on the podcast sorry Leah okay, um, Maggie did not find out the sex and every single person said that it was a boy and I stood didn't I say it was a girl no you oh. didn't like no I'm just picking <laughs> anyway. I feel like at the end oh. I was on your yeah you were on team Melissa but like literally I was at her baby shower and her entire family's like no that's a boy she's carrying whatever and I'm like I just have a feeling that it is a girl and good golly it was a girl I love being right but <gasps> Yeah. Yay. Little girl named Vivian. Congratulations. Yeah. So she, um, but she was just telling me not to, you know, she just said, you know, the recovery was something that she had like read books about and stuff like that. And so yeah. I, I like that you put, you know, that one piece of advice is the earlier you start planning for birth and postpartum recovery, the better. And I would think that because women are so excited that they're pregnant, especially for the first, and I'm not trying to diminish the second or third, but like, I'm not kidding you. My mom, I'm one of three. And I remember when my mom went into labor with my brother and my dad, like my dad had to bring us to my grandmother's and he dropped my mom off and she just kind of waddled into the hospital and checked her. <laughs> you just got this. She's walking around the next day. I'm like, mom, are you okay? So, I mean, my point is that I think the first, you know, you're just so excited and you get so much attention and you're feeling the baby move that I could see like how this is super valuable advice that you don't, I mean, like you're not going to actually know exactly what happens, but I do think there's a, there's definitely a lot of benefit um, to preparing for all of that, like soon. It prevents so much anxiety. I mean, think of it being prepared for anything. I mean, it's like going on an airplane for the, for anything you want to prepare yourself. What is it going to be like? What's it going to feel like? Um, what do I need to bring on the airplane with me? Chewing gum, like headphones. It's just like anything you've never done before. It's a yeah. huge transition, right? Um, getting married, you know, you got to take those, those classes, right? Or whatever. It's, it's important. It's a huge transition. And the more prepared that you are, the more you can enjoy it and the less anxious you're going to be, yeah. you know, and, and I will say, even after having a second baby, if they're close in age and you don't have like a six-year-old going off to, you know, first grade with a new baby, mm, that's true. you don't get to sleep during the day. Like you used to the first time it's like, okay, when baby sleeps, I'm going to just go lay down. Nope. It's like, Oh wait, there's the two-year-old, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and so a lot of people actually hire postpartum doulas a lot the second time. Yeah. Too. I didn't think about like, that. Yeah. What do I do? I thought I was going to sleep and they're not going to let me sleep. And so, yeah. Yeah. But I love what you said about just showing up when somebody's struggling with breastfeeding and it's just like, oh, there they are. Cause that's what it's like at, in your birth too. Because if you go to someone's birth, you know, you don't know your doctor's going to be there. Right. Cause it rotates. So when your doula shows up and you're uncomfortable and like your doctor's not going to go squeeze your hips for you. And your doctor's not going to be doting on you and giving you ice chip. You know what I mean? No, and they're just trying to get that baby out of you. Right. And your nurse has like six other patients or three or whatever. And they're, they can't just stay with you. So when your doula is there, it's just like, it's, it's just a sense of total peace. And you can't get a baby out of your pelvic, pelvis if you're tense. So when you have a doula, it's just like, oh. Yeah, and she's here. She's here. Yeah, I can relax now, you know? Like when and you go to the your annual and they're like, just relax. And I'm like, oh, right. you're about to put something in me. So anyway, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, I was going to say, especially if you don't know necessarily what's going to happen the first time and depending on your circle and who can really provide you advice, I'm coming from the perspective of, I just had my first friend who had a baby this year and like all of us can check in all we want, but like none of us 
have had this experience that she has at the end of the day. So we can be there to give her support, but none of us actually know what she's been through. Yeah. 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 And so that's why I do. I think it's so, super, um, I really think it's important. I will say though, like shout out to my mom, even though like my mom is like the infant whisperer, um, like the newborn whisperer. I was like, you know, clearly not for me, but like that woman can literally take a colicky baby and put her in her arms, put the baby in her arms and just like babies love my mom. Tell her to reach out. She wants to join our team. <laughs> mom, I got a part-time gig for you now. That's yeah, it's so funny my mom was babies. Like that too, which I think is why me and my sister have like such a knack for women's health and like, yeah. you know, babies and moms and stuff. My mom was just like that. I mean, she, lo- like I'm scared of infants. I'm like, you are so delicate. Like I'm scared, like the whole handoff when people hand their baby. I'm like, Oh my God, like literally put the baby right here. I'm not moving. I'm not moving. And I don't think we mentioned who her sister is. I wanted to talk about that. So, so Leah's sister is Lauren Luke, who was, Oh gosh, when was she on? Must've been a couple months ago. Yeah. Um, So also in the women's health field, y'all are just killing it over there. I mean, th- you know what though? We have had, so we had Lauren on, we had somebody else on, like we have gotten a lot of really good feedback on these episodes specific for this, because it's something that like, yeah, we talk about, but it's probably not talked about enough. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wanted to ask, cause I don't want to forget this would be a podcast faux pas, as I say, mm-hmm. but it does look like you guys probably book up in terms of, I mean, like just, um, just, if you had to give somebody advice, like they were seeking your services, you know, about, cause I mean, clearly like the baby's going to come, right? <laughs> it's not like, like, oh, you can't do it in March. Can you come, can you come in June? <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, I mean, about how far does somebody really need to be thinking about this into their pregnancy um, in terms of reaching out to you guys? Yeah, I would say um, by the time they're like 18 weeks. Okay. To be reaching out. Yeah. Even if it's just to interview and see if it's something they want to do, you know, um, because what happens is we get a lot of like last minute and they're just like, oh, I just heard about you, you know? Mm-hmm. And so a lot of people are like, I didn't know that y'all exist. This exists in Baton Rouge. And then we don't, we're so booked out for about three months out that we often cannot help. And when somebody's like feeling blues and not feeling great, feeling down, um, as far as postpartum support goes, it breaks my heart. Cause I've been there and you just need somebody to come and save you. Um, and so, yeah, reaching out that far in advance for postpartum support lactation services, um, is fine. Whenever we have, we usually have availability. So okay. you know, last minute is totally fine. Usually I'll say like, you need to give us at least 48 hours um, because we could be busy for two days at a time. And then we can usually find a spot to see you. And then for birth support, um, same thing about, you know, 20 weeks into your pregnancy ish, we need to know if you're going to want support, you know, and every now and then there's a, there could be like a lull and we might have availability. So even if it's last minute, still reach out because we still have resources and we can send, send you, you know, elsewhere if if possible and then custom nanny searches we take six weeks to do that we ask for six weeks in the contract to do that Um, but the sooner the better so even if it could be like eight to 12 weeks out if you know you're going to need a nanny um, it's a good idea because sometimes we have a wait list 
because we won't do more than three nanny ser custom searches at a time. It's just not fair to the families. Um, and so, yeah, there's wait lists on that sometimes. So 12 weeks before you know you're going to need somebody is best. And then as far as education goes, th those prenatal classes, breastfeeding classes, all of that, that needs to happen before 30, 35 weeks. I say 36, but some people you know, you never know what's going to happen. So I say by 35 weeks, that needs to happen. And they need to schedule that um, at least like four weeks in advance. So are those classes in person or do y'all do them uh, via Zoom? I don't know. If they can be in person. Um, they can be on Zoom. And we have an on-demand breastfeeding class. And we're working on some other on-demand classes. Look at y'all. Y'all are so advanced. It's like, you know, too bad I'm 41. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know Leah exists. Okay. So yeah. um, I have patients up to 48. So if you change your mind. <laughs> Lainey, call me down. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> My uterus is quivering. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I, like I said, I have my five nephews and I have two dogs and I feel like that's my calling in life, but, um, okay. So, um, she, oh, about how many nurses or team members do you guys have? Oh, we have, we have seven, we have six nurses, um, One's a nurse practitioner, one's an NP school, and the rest are RNs. And then we have um, two board certified lactation consultants. Wow. Yeah. So, I mean, so you kind of like, again, I feel like every woman that we have on this podcast totally glosses over the fact that you literally just started a business from scratch. <laughs> and now it's been what did you say? 10? Yeah, almost 10 years. Almost 10 years. Like that is amazing. Awesome. That is so awesome. But yeah, Leah's crazy, just like, but you yeah. know how fast time flies. It just, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, and so, but I mean, I like even after 10 years, it's very obvious, like you're very passionate about it. You want to keep growing. I can definitely tell that you do have a business sense. You are a little entrepreneur, you, um, <laughs> and that's, I mean, this is just really, it's, it, it, I love it when somebody starts something that they're super passionate about, but it's also so rewarding and just really, there's such a need for it. And you saw that need. So, um, you know, somebody else could have just been like, well, I can't come home, but I'm coming back to work tomorrow, you know, but you just like capitalized on it. I think that's amazing. <laughs> so, um, do you have, any yeah, more? I love it. It's super rewarding. Like you said, it's so rewarding to, especially sleep, like helping get babies to sleep and moms that struggle to sleep. There's nothing more rewarding to me, like over birth, over anything, like something about a mom or anybody just not being able to sleep and not having the tools at all to know how to get to sleep. Like my baby's been sleeping for six hours and I'm just been laying here and I can't sleep. I mean, I, I, I do consultations to just help people sleep. I, I literally sleep. actually had thought about that at one point. I was like, you know, cause moms are like, well, the baby sleeps, I'm going to go to sleep. And like, I have had anxiety over sleep for years. Yeah. I'd be like, I can't sleep and I have to sleep. Yeah. And I'm going to be up all night. Like all these things. Are yeah. Going in my head. Yeah, my and business partner and me both have had that. And we both have said we would never wish that on anybody. Like there's other things maybe, but like we would never wish that sleep insomnia where you literally can't sleep. You start spiraling into like, and you're just like, oh my, 
and you're like my husband, I'm like, I can't sleep. I can't sleep. I'm never going to go to sleep ever again. Yes. And you're like, I just am never going to sleep. What if I don't ever sleep again? And you know, it's like, I've taken, I took a Benadryl and I still can't sleep. And, uh, anyways, you start feeling weird, you know? Oh and yeah. So- oh yeah. Cause I mean, I dealt with that middle of the night insomnia for a long yeah. time. I finally have it under control, but like yeah. dealing with my anxiety with that specific yeah. situation, is what ended up helping me because the more anxious you get, I mean, even if you don't have a baby, like the more anxious you get about it, the Mm -hmm. worse, you're right. You go spiraling. And, uh, you know, there's all, it's it's half of it's mental, right? I'm like, I will live tomorrow. I will, I will actually go to sleep. And then for a new mom, your nervous system is jacked up right after you have a baby. I mean, you're just like on mama bear mode. And so it's like, you've got to do all the things to get your nervous system settled. And most people don't know how, and you know, they're just kind of living on like, so anyways, I love just doing a consultation just to help a mom get sleep. That is so rewarding for somebody to be like, I slept last night. Yeah. You know, it's life-changing too. I mean, I do feel like most new moms, it's like, Oh man, I, you know, that's because I, because I personally feel like when I am sleep deprived, it's like I'm living in this fog. Like I probably should not Yeah. It's like you shouldn't even be driving. It almost feels like you're hungover, but you haven't yes. drank anything, you know? So it's, that is a miserable, I mean, it is, it's miserable. It is downright miserable. And I, when somebody tells me about that, I like, and, and like not a mom, but like, you know, if yeah. I have somebody that works for us and they're like, I've been stressed, I'm like, okay, let's talk about this because yes. I have been through this and this yeah. is what I do now, <laughs> you know, oh, but. In that, yeah, yeah, the parasympathetic nervous system that I hear about that's why I stretch and take deep breaths after I work out, so I'm not like in fight or flight all day. Yeah, you got it. <laughs> yeah, just you know, one day at a time, though, Leah. I mean, you know, two weeks ago, I was crying at Laney, so crying, crying. <laughs> so you know, whatever. well, you know, it all it you have ebbs and flows of it, you know, what yeah, I mean? it depends on where you are with your stress and what's going on, and like. Did you stay up late? Were you on your phone? You know, all kinds of things. Yeah. Okay. So um, you do have a business partner who is here. I think you mentioned her a couple of times. Let's talk a little bit about her. You wanted to shout her out. Yes, I do. Yes. She is amazing. And she's the backbone of the business. I do a lot of the business stuff from Austin, but she's the one with the relationships going on um, in Baton Rouge. Her name's Alejandra and her uh, McCall and she has been my best friend since I was two years old. We grew okay. up on the street together and um, she also became a nurse and she and her husband moved to Minnesota for a while while he was in med school. And when she got, when she lived there, she had her first son and she experienced a loss. And so when she moved back to Baton Rouge, she was like, Leah, I want to start, I want to start a stork here. Like, I want to do what you're doing. And she came from like, I see you like pediatric. I see I'm like, Oh, wow. Are you sure you want to do like, you know? Um, but after having that traumatic birth, she was like, no, I want to help other, other moms, like, you know, go through some of the hard parts of being a mom. So, so yeah, we started that together. We both married Andrews. We both are nurses. We grew up on the same street. We're the same person, basically. You get, you know. That is um, funny. She's amazing. She's really great. Okay, yeah, so we- before, so you originally, I think you might've said this, but just so that everybody kind of understands. So you originally opened up Stork in Austin and then mm-hmm. Alejandra, am I saying her yes. name? Okay, yes, yes. I would have totally not said it like that. But yeah. um, she 
started the Baton Rouge location mm-hmm. or wanted to partner with you and start exactly. the open it up here. Okay. Gotcha. And how long has the Baton Rouge location been open? So I started in 2017. Okay. But we really picked up business like in 2018. Okay. And that's when we had our office at the birth center. And then, um, but yeah, yep. We started in 2018. So how many, is that five years ago? Now? Four or five years. Yeah. Yeah. Close. Yeah. Okay. Um, so again, let's just go back. So if somebody's interested in y'all services, I'm assuming going to a website or maybe social media is the easiest way to get in touch with you guys. Mm-hmm. You can do it through social media. We're on Facebook and Instagram. Um, and then, but I think the easiest way maybe is just to go to um, storkbr.com. It's that okay. simple. And then you'll go to the get started page and just fill the form out. It goes directly to us immediately. And we're really quick to reply um, to those messages. And then we just schedule a call and figure out whatever it is you need and get you, get you taken care of. Go from there. <laughs> okay. And then how many children do you guys have? I have three and she has two and okay. they're all seven and under. Oh, mm-hmm. okay. Seems busy. <laughs> Yeah, it is. My I have two in in school, and both of her boys are in um in pre preschool. So. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, okay. So I do want to I did want to end up. You know, we do ask our um, guests for some fun facts. So favorite food. I love this. That basically you love all the different Asian cuisine, but your mom is hundred percent Italian, so she would be disappointed. And let's remind everyone who your mom is, because I don't know, because we oh, said, said this when Lauren was on. So who is your mom? My mom is Jennifer Richardson. She is the litter queen of Baton Rouge. I don't know what y'all call her there. Keith Tiger Town Beautiful. Yeah, Keith Tiger Town Beautiful. She started that. So we all have that entrepreneurial spirit, I guess. <laughs> yeah, well, I just kind of feel like y'all's family is just more of, like I said before, y'all see a need for something. And instead of just knowing that there's a need for it, you do something about you act on it, right? And not everyone can do that because they don't know how and they're not, you know, I'm not an RN, like even if I saw a need for this, I couldn't do it. Um, and yeah, I think yeah. that's there's something, you know, there's something to be said about that. And that's really, you know, that's really special. And I mean, you guys are definitely um, changing lives, all three of y'all, like your mom's making this place pretty Lauren is, um, doing uh pelvic health therapy specifically for pregnant women. And you got, you're, I mean, y'all are just doing a lot of really good things. It's really exciting. Yeah. Thank you. I feel like Leah's like, she doesn't, she's that compliment. She doesn't know what to do. <laughs> she's kind of like, okay, thanks, Melissa. But it's so awesome. This yeah, is what we say to women, pat yourself on the back. It's amazing. Yeah. Both of my parents are risk takers and that's where it comes from. They both, they're all entrepreneurs, you know, my mom and my dad and my great, my great grandma and my grandma and they, all the women in my family actually all kind of started their own thing. And I think that's, it's just in our blood, but like, you know, when you have a parent that takes risks, you know, you just, you're like, Oh, there's a need. So I'm going to take the risk. Yeah. 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 I love it. I love it. So Thank you so much, Leah, for being here. And uh, we really appreciate it. So yes, the listeners just go to their website, storkbr.com. And that would be the easiest way to get in touch with them. And you keep doing great things. And I I, I know you are changing, changing lives and relieving a lot of anxiety for women, (laughs) men, and everybody in between. Yes, that's our goal. Thanks for having me, ladies. I really appreciate it. All right. Thanks, Leah. 